Hey, Flower Tribe. Hey, Flower Tribe. Hey, Flower Tribe. Welcome to our One Son, Three Flowers podcast, Stories of Our Mothers, a wellness and self-care podcast designated to uplifting the voices of women of color. Author, self-love activist, educator, mother, and poet, Courtney Brookins will help you bloom into your best self and encourage you to make self-care part of your daily practice. Join the tribe as we embark on a journey of healing, mothering, womanhood, and collectivism through the ancestral practice of storytelling. Whether you're looking for an infinity space, sisterhood, or mommy tribe, you're in the right place. Here's your host, educator, mother, and self-care enthusiast, Courtney Brookins. Happy 2021. Are you looking for a space to connect with other women? Are you trying to deepen your self-care practice? Are you a busy, high-achieving Black girl or maybe just someone, a woman looking for a space to deepen her wellness journey? Well, if you are, no need to look any further. Our company, One Sun, Three Flowers, is now offering yoga classes for children 5 through 18 and women. Women, if you're wanting to participate in our virtual yoga classes, you can click the link in our description or you can visit bit.ly slash flower tribe. That's B-I-T dot L-Y slash flower tribe. And to sign your daughter up or a girl in your community, you can visit bit.ly slash blooming girls three. That's the number three. B-I-T dot L-Y slash B-L-O-O-M-I-N-G three. Hello and welcome to another episode of the One Son, Three Flowers podcast, Stories of Our Mother. Today I have joined with me, Dee Ford, and before I bring her on, I want to take a moment to read her biography so you know who is joining the podcast today. Dee Ford is a very driven person. She began her advocacy for health and wellness due to personal health struggles. She is determined to galvanize the community into healthier lifestyles. Her ambitious and resilient spirit have opened many doors throughout her journey. D4 desires to communicate and manifest healthier lifestyles for mothers, both physically and mentally, through physical fitness. She also focuses on resilience through self-care. Selling over 100 copies of her recently published book, Determined not to dwell, D4 continues to use different ways to convey the importance of self-love and self-care to mothers and their families. And without further ado, D4, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. You're welcome. I'm excited about this conversation because um, we're still in a pandemic. We're still uh, navigating this quote unquote, new normal. And I think that, you know, so many beautiful things have come out of this pandemic, but uh, there's also been experiences of loss. And I love that your work is centered around um, self-love and self-care, and even more specifically grief, because I think this conversation is timely considering all the other elements. Yes, absolutely. Um, Definitely, I, my grief coaching, um, business side of things has, um, you know, to a certain degree, I say, unfortunately, um, simply because, you know, if people are seeking me for grief support, they've lost something or someone. Um, Mm -hmm. So uh, 
that 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 part of my my coaching has grown but i've learned that so many people are grieving so many different things and not necessarily like the loss of a loved one oh and i'm glad you said that because we're gonna get into this because <laughs> grief comes in multiple different forms so why don't we start off with uh giving everybody a working understanding of what is grief support so basically, uh, grief support is a little different from grief counseling, just slightly. Uh, in my opinion, I feel as though it's a little more relaxed um, from the grief counseling that I've received in the past, um, as opposed to what I actually offer. Um, of course, I am not a, a, a licensed um, psychiatrist or mental health therapist. So if I experience um, someone who may need uh, help outside of my scope of things, I'll refer them over to someone, you know, someone, uh, a business partner, a colleague that I do know that's in the mental health um, therapy department to kind of make sure that um, the client is getting, you know, exactly what they need to get better, you know, to heal. But grief coaching is really showing the the client or the individual how much they really possess to help themselves heal. So it's really just like pointing them in the right direction, but within, you know, just letting them know like you are strong enough, you can get through this, you know, and also being that non-biased party that they can come to when they are grieving. So a lot of times we get wrapped up in a in a world where we are grieving a family member amongst other family members, right? So you may, I know for me, um, I kind of experienced this with um, my grandmother's uh, on both my mom and my dad's side. I felt a little um, funny or or a little self self. Uh, I felt selfish for going to them after the loss of their mothers, right? For my mom and my dad. So I'm like, I, I can't go to them with my grief because they're grieving the loss of their mother. You know what I mean? So I kind of felt like um, I was putting more more burden on them during their time of grief. So as I began to like develop my coaching um, areas, I realized grief support is necessary because you have that person you can go to that is, that is not, you know, emotionally attached to your loss. You have that person that you can pour your heart out to because that's what I felt like I needed. I needed someone that wasn't connected to my grief emotionally that I could just speak to and really just pour my heart out and heal without making it seem like I was a burden. So that's what I would I would personally say grief coaching is. I can't hear you. You cannot hear I me now. I can now. Okay. All right. So thanks for saying that. So two things really stood out to me when you were speaking. So one, I love the idea. I think it's really important for us because I know. Intimate relationships are so tender, mm -hmm. but I think it's really important for us to 
um, be able to have some space that is really just set aside for us. And not only about the person not wanting to impact that person, but also being a little bit, having the right to be a little bit selfish, right? I'm sure that's what you talk to your clients about mm -hmm. um, as self-care and self-love is integrated. Like I need this moment to be selfish about how I'm feeling and what I'm experiencing. And so I love how you define that because I think that this seems like the space where people can get that and not have to lean on people who are too, as you said, emotionally attached. But also, I like that you explained how coaching is very much different from therapy. And so I, I like the fact that you showed and talked about your own personal experiences, uh, because that's the making, in my opinion, of a, a good coach to say that I'm helping people get to a solution based off things I've been to and things that produce results for me. And I think that it's really important when people are trying to seek out, like, who do I go to? Kind of knowing, like, if I'm going to seek a coach instead of a therapist, a therapist is trained to help, like, psychologically and mentally and emotionally navigate, where a coach should have some idea of what they've been, what you've gone through, and also how to get to the result that you're trying to get to. So I love that your explanation really touched on both things right away. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Because I feel I feel like just like you said, a coach is speaking from experience. A coach helps someone from experience. So if you have a basketball coach, he's at some point uh, coached or played the game. You know what I mean? Watch the game played the game, understood the game, studied the game. However, the coach is knowledgeable about the game, right? So I feel like the areas that I offer are, are areas that I have ex experienced either some type of um, evolution or some, some type of experience that has helped me emotionally, spiritually, physically. Um, I, I offer self-confidence self coaching. I've dealt with self-confidence issues. Um, leadership coaching. I've been in different leadership positions and roles and things like that. And I think I think people look to someone to be relatable, someone they can relate to when they're seeking coaching. They know that a doctor is medically trained, a therapist is medically trained, but they're not always relatable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's um. Hmm, I hadn't thought about that point, but I think that that's even another tier that's super important, the relatability and and how you connect with people, right? Because obviously you're licensed professionals, you want to connect with as well, and your coach really is no different in that mindset. So I, I thank you for bringing up that point um, as we have this conversation, because I think it's something that we need to be cognizant of. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So- yeah, so something that you said early on, I really want us to talk about. You talked about death is not the only way that people are grieving. And certainly we talk about or loss. We naturally associate that with um, with the ending of a life. But I would love if you could talk about uh, what are other forms of grieving? And then also, how can we identify if we have symptoms of grieving? Sure. So just some of my 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 clients that I have gained during the pandemic um I have I have experienced clients who are divorcing um so what they have known for 10 to 15 years 
um, a marriage has, you know, has, has dissolved um, in the midst of a pandemic. So now it's kind of like, now what do I do? I've spent 15 years of my life with this person. We've had kids, we have properties, we have assets, we have memories, we have, you know, all of these things that we've grown together and now it is no more. So now you're, you know, the person is forced to learn new behaviors, new routines, new life. You know, it's like a whole totally different experience. Changing last names, that's a big deal. So people people begin to grieve and experience forms of depression and isolation and withdrawals and things like that. And we all, like, like you said, we always associate grief with the loss of a loved one, but grief comes from a loss of a, a, a marriage, um, a loss of a job. You know, I, I know business owners who have um, suffered gravely during this pandemic who have, um, who are, who, who are grieving, you know, they're experiencing the same symptoms. So the symptoms of grief are the same, um, whether it's the loss of a loved one or it's the loss of, of a relationship or a job. Um, you go through bat, uh, bats of, of depression and you go through uh, isolation. You know, you have you experience the embarrassment. You don't really want to talk to people about it because you don't want to hear people's opinions or you don't want people to, uh, you know, invoke their thoughts upon you or, or anything like that. So it's important that we recognize that our grief is not just a, related to death. People are grieving certain aspects of their life and they deserve the same amount of sensitivity. Hmm. I, I love how you worded that because, yeah, there are so many different areas where you can experience loss, exactly like you said. But I don't know. And maybe I don't want to speak for the audience. But for me, you, I don't ne necessarily naturally jump to the space of, oh, you know, this friendship has ended this. I've moved on from this job and really see it in a space of grieving. Um, certainly, we know it's a loss or a change, but people don't necessarily look at it like that. And I'm wondering if you have other clients that are like me and they're experiencing some sadness or some anxiety, what can be some things to help them know, like maybe what I'm experiencing is grief and I should seek some support? Um, When you can't, when you can't, pull yourself out of something. Um, I feel it's time to, to, to seek some help. Um, I know for me at the beginning of this pandemic, um, I, <clears throat> I was dealing with grief from lo a loss of different loved ones, you know, over the, over the, over the course of a few years and I never dealt with it. Right. I just kind of brushed it off to the side, you know, a couple weeks after the services and all that kind of stuff. I'm like, okay, um, enough is enough. Let's move forward. You got work to do. So me being at the time last year being <clears throat> recently, I was a year out from leaving corporate America. So I was full-time entrepreneurship at the time. And I had, buried myself so much into work, building my business, building my brand, 
um, speaking engagements, just doing everything. Well, when the pandemic hit, all of that stopped. And I had nothing else to pour myself into. I had to deal with me, right? And I realized after a couple months, my pep talks weren't working. <laughs> um, my, hey girl, you got this. Don't worry about it. Wasn't working. I had nothing to say or to ask God for. I, I, I couldn't put it into words because I just didn't feel it. Um, forming the words to pray was just not there. I was not motivated to do it. I was not inspired to do it. And at that point, I realized when I couldn't seek God, I needed help. Like when I really couldn't get to a point where I could seek my spiritual higher power, when I really had nothing to say, I felt disconnected. Um, my words of motivation weren't working for me. I surely didn't want to reach out to anyone else and say, hey, uh, help me with this. Because like, why would I do that? Why would I solicit help from anyone? Right? I'm the motivator. So how dare me, you know, try to reach out to anybody for help? Silly, right? But when I got to a point where I felt like I could do, I, I couldn't, I had nowhere else to turn and I was smothering in my own emotions, I had to get help. I had to get help. I like that. And I like that um, not only you talk about your spiritual journey, right? And just saying I needed more support than myself, but I like that because you're a black woman. And, you know, within our community, it has been the idea of the strong, super black woman has been a part of generational stories so long. Right. And so mama, um, big mama, auntie, so many of them leaned on only spiritual support in themselves and they were tired and they were uh, emotional and exhausted to the point it started impacting the, the body, mm -hmm. right? Because so much of what's going on emotionally will affect you in the physical. And so I love that you, you personalize your own journey as an example of when to know you need help because I need other women listening, particularly my black women. I need you to know that it's okay for you to seek help beyond yourself. And it's okay for you to say, I'm not okay. Like we can't be super all the time and we do need some people to jump mm -hmm. in for us. Mm -hmm. And it took, it took me a lot to even open up. I mean, I've been married for almost 12 years this year and I wouldn't talk to my husband about this kind of stuff. Not that I couldn't. It's just, I, I wouldn't because I need you to know your wife is okay. You know, I need you to know that, um, I'm a strong, like you said, strong black woman. I needed my daughter to see me as a strong black woman. You know, this is me thinking then before I really came to know what I really needed to be in in a moment. And I needed to be vulnerable. I needed to lean on him. I need my kids needed to be able to see me in a point where I wasn't OK so that they know if the, I, the situation arose where they weren't OK, it was OK to not be OK. But I was trying so hard to, to, to be OK and to look OK that I shielded everybody from that and I started to feel lonely and I was feeling lonely in a house full of people with and it was my fault 
You know, it was it was my fault that I felt lonely in a house full of people because nobody knew what was going on with me. I'm I'm fighting an internal battle by myself, um, optionally. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, and it is an option, right? There are definitely other resources that we can go into, and so I'm wondering, um, as a grief support counselor, what are some of like, what are some things that you have in your toolbox, your grief toolbox, if you will, for your clients or some suggestions you could have for listeners who are working up the courage to get to the point of getting grief coaching, but they're not there yet? What are some things that they can do immediately? And I also want to add into that question. I know you do fitness and nutrition, and I'm wondering if that is also integrated into that toolbox. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I'm big on... Um, getting to know my client, you know, like the first couple of sessions are kind of really me getting to know um, my client's personality, me learning them. And I also, I also pose the question, how is it that I can help you? You're coming to me and what is it, what is it that you think I can help you with? How can I um, service you? And I think that's important that we pose that question as coaches and counselors and things like that, because a lot of times people people do know exactly what they're seeking. Like for example, I gave the 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 uh, situation with me um, feeling like I was being selfish to my parents at the loss of their mothers, um, so I needed someone who was non-biased, someone from the outside that I could just pour my heart out to. Um, and I am, I like to pose that question because I want to know exactly what it is you have going on and exactly how I can help you. I have my youngest client is 16 and I asked her that the other day and she gave me the exact answer that I just said. She wanted someone on the outside that she felt like understood what she said understood and listened sometimes people just want you to listen you know what i mean they're not necessarily coming for advice they just really want you to sit there and they want you to listen and they want to cry and they want to cry without feeling like feeling embarrassed um you know they want to cry without the feeling of guilt they want to cry uninterrupted they don't have to hide themselves from kids and other family members like they just want to be vulnerable and 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 not judged for it so i always make sure that i allow my customers to feel safe feel uh feel uh, my clients to feel safe feel be in a safe space to speak their minds cuss cry shout scream, whatever that looks like for them to make them feel better in that moment. I try to make sure that I have a very, um, I create a very safe space. I also believe in uh, spiritually motivating my clients. Um, Of course, I know that everyone may not share the same beliefs. I've yet to uh, encounter someone who has not shared in my same beliefs, which has made that part easy for me. Um, I, I, I don't know, you know, of course, I guess it would be experience if I did, um, you know, obtain a client who had different religious beliefs than me or had no religious beliefs. 
then of course I would have to go to the to to my resources for that. But as of right now, I always offer the spiritual approach um, and let them know they're not on the journey alone. Physical um, fitness is always uh, a go-to for me and not in a sense of like exercise, but getting up out of that bed when you're depressed, getting out and get and start walking, you know, um, go to the park, go sit by the water, you know, something to clear your mind. But my number one, number one tool is journaling. I encourage my clients to write letters to the to their loved ones or to, you know, to this husband who may have left or, you know, what are your expectations of this relationship now? I really, really, really hone in on the journaling because even if you may not communicate verbally everything that you're thinking and you're feeling, you can write those things down. I love that. A, a journal goes a long way, but you gave us a lot of different tools that they can uh, already integrate even prior to coming, getting up out the bed, writing how you feel, making sure that you are tapping into your spirituality. I, I love that. Um, giving yourself permission to scream and cry. I mean, all of those things are are so helpful. And I love that you're already arming people with information that will help them um, continue the journey. Um, I know nutrition, though, is also big for you. I'm wondering, are there certain things that people can also eat uh, to help them with grief? Or how does, is, does that work like that? Or how does it work? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm actually on this journey now to, um, I'm actually studying and I've been researching on how trauma and pain um, affect the body uh, as far as you know in a sense of like unforgiveness um, if it affects the the stomach area causes cancer um, all of those things so although it, the nutrition and the fitness and grief kind of seem separate it's so all the same because trauma pain and grief affects the body it affects how it functions it affects how it moves it affects how we feel all of those things are intertwined so when you're when you're stressed you're more prone to eat fatty foods comfort foods um, and things like that or 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 snacking or you're either quite the opposite and you don't eat anything. You know, you don't have an appetite. I don't want to really eat. I don't want to do this. Um, but it's important that you keep in mind that foods do heal, right? So foods are have healing properties. That's what they were put on this earth for. Our natural, naturally grown foods are put here to heal. So it's important that even in our most... Um, you know, our most sad and darkest times, we continue to feed ourselves nourishing foods, salads, uh, fruits, um, healthy, lean protein, things like that, because those also stimulate your mood. If you're eating a really heavy dinner, the first thing you want to do, you know, we call it the itis, you know, in our community. But what do you do? You know, you eat a good soul food, dinner, collard greens, macaroni and cheese fried chicken, candy, yams, you know, 
going to be nodding off. off. Right? <laughs> so your mood is down. You know what I'm saying? Your mood is down and you're drifting off to sleep. You need foods that are going to keep you energetic and keep you going. You know, that promote that that positive mood, that positive energy. Um, you know, things with ginger and lemon, you know, zesty, citrusy fruits that keep you up and moving and upbeat. Those things help you um, combat those moods. Thank you. I know that a little earlier on, you also mentioned how um, your business has really, uh, because of so much loss, your business has also done really well in the midst of the pandemic. And I'm wondering um, what support is looking like for your clients right now while we're in the pandemic. Um, does it look different than it did prior to beginning the pandemic? And then are you taking clients who are experiencing loss that is specifically related to COVID? Are you there? Sorry, my screen locks. <laughs> That's okay. Um, did no, you hear the question? You want me to say it again? Um, I, I had okay. to really okay. go back to the drawing board for my, for, you know, how, what my services would look like. And it took me a few months to figure it out because, you know, I wanted to make sure that I was safe. You know, I stayed safe and, and, and didn't contract anything and bring it home to my family. Um, and then I wanted to make sure that my clients were safe. So it took me a while um, at the beginning of COVID, probably for about, I would say maybe about six to eight months. I solely offered, no, it wasn't even that long. I can tell you probably, I, I, I kind of just shut everything down. Probably, probably about after April, I just shut everything down. I wasn't doing any, any coaching or anything. And it took me to about August or September before I started doing announcing virtual fitness classes. So group settings, one-on-one um, -on -one private training sessions. And then I, I eventually began to um, do more grief coaching. That's easy to do virtually. You know what I mean? The physical aspect of it was a little, little difficult to do virtually and I didn't get many 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 clients that way so once you know the whole mask mandate started to kind of lift a little bit and things started to open I then offered my mobile fitness training sessions so now I go out to my clients um, for for personal fitness and I um, offer that mobile service um, but I wear my mask the entire time. I'm there, do temperature checks, the whole nine. Um, my grief coaching is still virtual. Um, so eventually when I can get into a bigger office setting to where we can kind of social distance and still have that um, privacy, then I will, I will, I will begin to open up more face-to-face -face grief coaching at the time. But for right now, it's virtual, and they they don't seem to mind. 
Yeah, that's beautiful. And I'm sure you can touch a lot more uh, people with the current virtual offering. That's one benefit I've learned from my business. It's okay. It doesn't have to be the local locals. And I'm sure there's so many people all around um, the country who are needing your service. And so to, the virtual offering allows more people from different locations to really, mm -hmm. to really yeah. tap in. So um, that's awesome. Speaking of your services, um, for any of our podcasters who have mm -hmm. fallen in love with D4 and they're wanting um, a fitness or nutrition class or grief, uh, grief counseling, uh, I'm sorry, coaching. I mean, be yes, correct with my <laughs> term. We <laughs> <laughs> were grief coaching. How can they contact you? And are there any current um, special discounts or, or offerings you like to offer to listeners who found you through yeah, this absolutely. podcast? Um, they can visit my website, of course. Um, it's D, that's D-E-E, thetrainer.com um, to schedule consultations, to um, have your, you know, if you want to do any grief or physical or nutritional coaching, by all means, you can visit my website to schedule a consultation. Um, you can also email me at sweat, S-W-E-A-T, boutique at gmail.com. And if you mention uh, the podcast that you were on the podcast or listening to the podcast, heard the podcast, um, I will do your uh, consultation for free. Yay, look at that. So you all make sure you tap into D Ford. All of her information will be listed in the show notes and get the support that you are needing. Um, final question, D. I always ask my guests if they could leave our listeners with any final words of wisdom that they can carry with them beyond your episode. Yeah, um, something that's kind of been on my spirit this week is um, a lot of people have been reaching out to me, just kind of complaining of different ailments. Um, and, and they're not really, uh, disease or illness related. Um, it's important during this time that we still get up and we move. Right. So not even in a sense of like physical fitness, but like reading, um, listening to podcasts like these. Um, feeding your mind, stimulating yourself enough to where your mind doesn't fall under attack. What happens is when we get stagnant and we're sitting still and idle, we start to 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 hear certain things, negative talk. Um, it's we're watching certain things that kind of plant different seeds in our mind and in our spirits. And just like your body gets fatigue because or or your stamina is low because you haven't been up and moving your mind does too and then you start to see compare yourself to other things and feel insignificant and comparing yourself to other people breeds jealousy breeds envy all of that and then you end up in this emotional state that you have no idea how to get out of so it's important during this time although it's difficult it's uncertain we don't know when our old normal will be the normal again it's important that you continue to feed your mind your body with the right things 
and get up and get out, take a walk, read a book, read a book outside, you know, all of those good things, but keep yourself moving and going. That is self-care. That's what self-care looks like. Keeping yourself in a constant position to grow and move forward. So that's what I would, that's what I would leave you all, you beautiful people with. <laughs> well, thank you for leaving us with that. And it has been a pleasure having you on the podcast. Thank you, you so much for joining you me. Thank you for having me. I truly appreciate it. You are welcome. And to the rest of our listeners, make sure you share this episode with a friend or two. Continue to tune in. You know we have new episodes premiering every single Wednesday. We're on your favorite podcast platform. So continue to favorite us. As always, thank you, Tribe, for listening. And until next time, remember to bloom into your best self. Thanks for listening to the One Sun, Three Flowers podcast. Check out show notes for this episode and all past episodes at www.onesun3flowers.com. If you love the show, share it with a friend. We want to connect with your tribe. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time. And remember to bloom into your best self.